first fun day with Bertie's Alex for another edition of Wrestling All Stall. But it is episode 199, Alex. Oh, this would be a bad time to hit an outside edge to slips. Um, yeah, man. Um, we got a special 200th episode coming up, so that'll be fun. Um, that's already in the bank, to be honest. But um, yeah, very exciting times. Can't believe we made it this far. Yeah, yeah. Very, very special episode uh, ready to go. I suppose the big question is, Alex, when should we release that? <laughs> oh, um, uh, I think we've got to give episode 199 a few days to have its own glory and then we'll send out 200. Sounds good to me, my friend. So uh, look out for that coming out uh, over the weekend. But yeah. just, uh, do you want to know the good news about this past week, Alex? <laughs> there was good news? Shit. There was no pay-per-view? Yeah, that was that was good. Um, there was no pay-per-view and there was no BTE this week, surprisingly. <laughs> Oh, boy. Um, I suppose we can jump into all the uh, North American news in a minute, but uh, just touching on the Aussie stuff uh, briefly, it seemed uh, everything went down according to plan in uh, MCW. Well, I, I saw parts of it, and it appears that they were kind of running with what you had sort of thought with the CM Punk angle. Like, he cut a promo at the start of the night, trashing the company, and then for the match at the end of the night, he comes through the crowd and wrestles in his street gear. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, it looked cool, but, you know, the result was obvious. <laughs> the guy that wasn't leaving the company won. And the guy that was leaving the company lost. But as soon as I saw that promo, I'm like, oh, they are going to do something uh, like an Australian for a company to do and do a, a <laughs> champion. That's cool. Yeah. No, we're going to have Brooksy trash our company and then leave our company, which makes him look right to a degree of our fans. Yep. Definitely. Uh, yeah. It, it's. It's an odd time to uh, be an Aussie wrestling fan. Strange times indeed. I suppose uh, from there, there was uh, big news coming out of uh, somewhere close to home as uh, New Japan made an announcement of sorts of global localization. Surprising, uh, New Japan got here first and not NXT. <laughs> Very surprising. So, New Japan... Pan Pro Wrestling launches the new Tash Tum Atashi. <laughs> My apologies there on the uh, pronunciation. Tamashi. Uh, okay, we'll go with that Tamashi brand with the best of Japan and Australasia. Uh, inaugural events will take place Friday the 11th of November in Christchurch, New Zealand then Sunday the 13th of November in Sydney, New South Wales. Uh, the article goes on to state uh, New Japan's connection with the New Japan New Zealand Dojo, a.k.a. Uh, Farley Dojo, 
uh, talks about their uh, past two tours in Australia, their connection to uh, a number of New Zealand wrestlers like uh, Bad Luck Fale, uh, Aaron Hanare, all those people coming through. And then, yeah, the prices here, I think, are pretty reasonable. 25 general, 45 uh, arena, so I'm guessing that's uh, seated, and uh, 65 here for a ringside ticket. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think I think that's pretty reasonable. Uh, in Sydney, a little bit more. Uh, you're looking at uh, general admission seating, 60. Stage seating, 50. Balconies, 45. Or ringside, 80. A little bit more for for Sydney, but I guess uh, that's the way the Australian dollar goes. Yeah. Uh, due to alcohol service law, Liberty Hall is an 18-plus venue. So the Sydney show is an 18-plus show because of the venue. Oh, New Japan, that's a bit of a... bit of an odd choice for your first Australian show. Yeah, very interesting. Um, How do you think these shows will go? And when we're seeing a New Japan of Australasia um, and not a, um, a company like a PWA being the affiliate similar to a RevPro in the UK? Um... <sighs> I'm not hopeful, to be honest, just because we've seen how they handled New Japan of America, and honestly, that's just been a flop in terms of interest. Um, I think part of that is also because of when they launched it was the middle of the pandemic, so that was poor timing, and they've seen that and sort of thought, oh, we'll wait for the... um." the uh, pandemic to be over before we try Australia New Zealand yeah um, yeah I, I, I just don't know if there's the market for it here I think it'll do really well for the first dozen shows and then eventually it'll just yeah it'll just lose all steam and interest and Honestly, it's just the New Japan booking style of we don't book stories, we book matches. I don't think that's going to work well here. Probably not. It'll be interesting to see how it goes. So, um, putting in the old Google Translate, Tam Sahi translates into English as Seoul. Okay. New Japan strong. Strong and soul. Okay. Um, what the fuck does that have to do with Australia? Okay. Well, what does that have to do with New Zealand? Like, nothing. All right. Cool. Um, so, I'm actually a bit caught off by this news, because this is actually my first time seeing it. Oh, I thought I so, about it last week. It was like the day or two after we did the recording of last week's rap. Um, 
Hang on, let me just check. <laughs> maybe I did, maybe I did. Who knows? It's been a big week. Uh, you sent me something, but I didn't realize it was the announcement of a brand. I thought it was like, oh, they're thinking about doing something. I misread it. I just looked at it now. Yep. Okay, cool. Um, it's a full brand. Um, I guess who they build around. Um, Robbie Eagles. Obviously. Yeah, I guess Farley's going to be a big part of this for the New Zealand thing. Um, what, what's his name now? What's Toa Hanaro's name now? Aaron? Yeah. Jay White? Nah. Nah. Nah, he's, he's too big league. Let's be real. He'll be like... True. He'll be like the boogeyman that, like, comes in every now and then. He'll be the boogeyman of this company, like the Brock Lesnar of this company. Like, <laughs> I just I just pictured Jay White coming out on all fours, eating worms and smashing a clock in his face. I'm the boogeyman. <laughs> okay, I chose my words poorly. But, um, yeah, so I think he'll be like the Brock Lesnar of this. And he'll occasionally come out whenever they are trying to hype up a big show. But, um, yeah, uh, I guess they can build around Aussie Open. Um, there's there's a fair bit of changes going on in New Japan. They're going to have the women's title and all that. Uh, if they do, like, get this women's division up and running... Uh, there's probably more options to branch into the Australia market with the women. I don't, I don't know what it is, but Australian women seem to find more success internationally than the men. Yeah, and I think a large portion of that goes to um, Madison Eagles. Yeah. Man, I'd love it if she got a run at her. Like, she'd be great for, like, the New Japan women's division. Yeah, you're not wrong. Um, just yeah, it, it. I think Madison doesn't put herself enough on PWA shows. Yeah. Um, so you just have sort of one last big run over a year. Yeah. After titles or something. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So they go on to say here. Uh, translates to spirit or soul, the, 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 the philosophy behind New Japan Strong in the United States uh, uh, in partnership with the dojo. So this sounds like it'll be more based out of um, New Zealand with the Farway Dojo in New Zealand. Yeah. Which is what I thought um, as soon as Farway Dojo announced their official partnership with New Japan anyway, but... um. Uh, so announced for this tour, we'll see Kenta. Uh, you'll see the current junior heavyweight champion, Taiji Ishimori, and Bad Luck Farley. I mean, Bullet Club. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, bringing Kenta over is awesome, just because I don't know how much stuff is done this way. Yeah. I mean, if 
any of the two big companies, and we're talking WWE or New Japan to globalize our area, I'd rather it be New Japan. Uh, I think it's both going to happen now. Oh, yeah, yeah. There's no doubting that, but I think New Japan has enough respect for the local scene to not like poison the watering hole and kill it off. They'll, yeah. Uh, respected enough to either work with free agents or sign people to working deals of when they go overseas they're only working New Japan strong or like in America or New Japan in Japan like yeah, opportunities there with New Japan there's opportunities to go to I think it's still CMLL in Mexico it's still RevPro in the United Kingdom and Europe so there are those opportunities as well that open up. Like you can't say that with WWE, you've got nothing in Europe at the moment, and you've got a performance center in Florida. Yeah, um, I'm surprised. The one thing that did surprise me was that it was Australasia before the United Kingdom, and I think yeah. that had to play into the global pandemic and the fact NXT UK launched before New Japan could launch New Japan of Britain or New Japan of Europe. Yeah. Um, to me, the whole globalization, global localization of major companies is still a double-edged sword. It's great for the, for the local talents, like you mentioned, the Robbie Eagles, Madison Eagles, a Jessica Troy, if they're going to also have a women's division on here. Um, Velocities. Uh, let's see, who else could we name? Um, uh, Prize Bull, um, Sam Osborne. Sam, Sam Osborne, yeah. I mean, doesn't really fit your typical <laughs> New Japan style presentation, but you know, you've got to mix it up with some of these characters. And a New Japan or an NXT is a better payday than sadly the current local scene is producing. As much as PWA currently looking at the landscape of Australasian wrestling is a clear number one compared to the rest of sort of your big five, it it's chalk and cheese in terms of a um a definite career. It's part time to full time sort of difference. And yeah, what we want for the for the local wrestlers to be given that opportunity to to not only hone their craft, but to turn this into a career. Like, we've seen JXT and Shazza both talk about how much they'd love to um to do this full-time and to travel overseas with it and go to the States. And there's another one as well. You have someone like your um, Shazza McKenzie, who you could book a women's division behind. You have JXT and Big Rig if you want to have a, a, a um, sort of a heel tag team in there for a while. And, at the moment, it's only the two tours. It's Christchurch and it's uh, Sydney. Yeah. And what did I say the dates are? So November 11th in New Zealand, November the 13th in Sydney. So that is about two weeks after PWA wraps up their East Coast LFG tour. Right. Yeah. So it'll be very... Uh very interesting. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm curious. Uh, I'm 
cautiously pessimistic. Um, uh, I just, I hope this goes well. I hope this gets like a whole weekly thing on New Japan World. I hope, yeah, they do TV tapings like at the Farley Dojo or something like that. Um, Before the whole uh, sale of Festival Hall and that's another discussion for another time again, but um, that would be a venue I'd like to see him run. New Japan, Australia, New Japan, that's a high. Tamashi. 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 Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna go for a few weeks of this. I'm sorry, humans. <laughs> but I suppose uh, any closing thoughts on that? Um, I'm just excited to see what comes of the first two shows. Um, I suppose will we? Oh, actually, I won't be around to cover those live. I have a uh, a family engagement out of town. Otherwise, I would be offering to cover those live. Oh, I mean, yeah, if it's streaming, I'll watch it live. There you are. Hit up Fruity's and our socials and Fruity. Yeah, I'm fucking useless on Twitter these days, but yeah, I'll try. Um, Everyone is. Um, I suppose, uh, do we jump over to some news coming out of um, AEW and uh, everything that went down since uh, we wrapped uh, and went off air of last week's wrap because, oh boy, it's a lot. Man, it's cool though. It, it's, it feels like there's just a fucking buzz now, and like it's for the wrong reasons, obviously. But there's like excitement. It's like, oh, where's this person gonna go now? It's like, oh, you just don't know what's gonna happen next, and. Yeah, there's a whole lot of fallout from All Out, I guess. Um, man, crazy. What a fucking world. Like, yeah, I can't wait for Dark Side of the Ring, man. <laughs> yeah, uh, everyone sort of made those jokes. I believe I sent you. <laughs> yeah, so good. We put this video together, but it was like within 48 hours of... um us talking about it somebody had put out a youtube video around five minutes and it's various dark side of the ring clips like it's the bucks there it's um jericho there and it splices in the footage of alvarez's radio show and punk at the press conference as well as dark side of the ring stuff including uh like a silhouette of somebody throwing a chair so good <laughs> it's just making light of the entire thing and going, yeah, you know what? In 10 years' time, this will be on Dark Side of the Ring, won't it? Uh, I'd give it a couple. I I would say not even 10. I think this is probably the biggest, like, backstage fucking blow-up that we have seen in our lifetime since the screwjob. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably pretty accurate i'm trying to think of anything else like there there was the whole thing like jericho and brock lesnar got into it but it didn't result in multiple suspensions people getting injured like like fucking and (coughs) sorry 
and it wasn't even public. All right, so let's uh, risk, list through the uh, suspensions here. Uh, Omega, uh, Matt Jackson, Nick Jackson, Pat Buck, uh, Christopher Daniels, Michael Nakazawa, Ace Steel, and Sam Punk. Yeah. Yeah, was Brandon Cutler listed there? Yeah, Brandon Cutler as well. I just couldn't remember if I had them all off the top of my head. Uh, following those suspensions, it was announced at the top of Dynamite that the world champion Sam Punk was to be stripped of his title. The elite, the new and first trios champion <laughs> stripped of their titles. And it's also interesting because um, Tony Khan's never like vacated any belts. Yeah. I've done the interim thing to build up to, you know, when the champ gets back from injury, we'll do that match. And it's the first time he's done it. And it's just like, oh, shit, he's actually being a boss. Yeah, he's, he's serious now. Um, man. man. Uh, injuries. What is yeah. You know, coming out of this, um, Punk, I debate whether he got injured in the match or he got injured in the backstage brawl, but he tore his tricep, I believe they said. Yeah, so they're trying to say that it that it happened during the match, but he seemed fine in that press conference physically. Like it's not like during that press conference he was like holding his arm or anything like that. No. No, no. That's a good point too. Uh yeah. Um any other injuries other than what uh Still bit Omega, pulled his hair and threw a chair at one of the Bucks' eyes. Yeah, like apparently Nick Jackson has a black eye or something and got knocked out. Man, uh, what a fucking crazy, crazy thing. Yeah, um, um, all four men mentioned that uh, were champions that got suspended, got taken out of the opening packages. Yeah. Yep, and there's rumours flying around now that the Bucks are in talks with WWE. Yep, uh, no mention of them from anyone on TV when they do the highlight package of like last night's um, pa- oh well not last night's last weekend's pay per view on to Dynamite. They don't have any footage of CM Punk. They just talk about the world titles being vacated. When MJF comes out at the end of the pay-per-view, they just shoot MJF, and then they have a um a close-up shot of the referee holding up the championship belt before that title match. Yeah. Joe's match, they mention uh, that it's been stripped, and they bring up on commentary later, why aren't the Dark Order in this match to crown new champions and they say, oh, they've got too many members injured now to take part in this match. Yeah, what I found interesting about this whole ordeal is that Hangman's still on television and Hangman was the guy Punk was making multiple shots at. Yeah, and you remember they said Hangman and FTR weren't in the building because they weren't need for the press conference, so they went home early. 
Yeah, and I find it interesting. I just find it really like, <sighs> like there had to have been some fallout with Hangman as well, like. Because this whole thing all started off with Hangman going off script. Like, you just got to remember that. It's, like, as much of an overreaction as it was from Punk, none of this would have happened if Hangman didn't go off didn't go off script. And then if Hangman didn't, like, publicly admit in an interview that uh, he gets advice from, the, like, the old time is backstage all the time but he doesn't listen to advice it's not his thing he just he knows what's worked for him and that was half of what punk was complaining about that hangman like hangman and some of the young guys backstage there's so many great minds uh and no one listens to him hang on i've got to take a call saying about um hangman not listening to the old timers and that sort of thing yeah yeah like and then hangman like yeah publicly admitted that he doesn't listen to the old timers and and listen to the agents backstage and punk in that press conference was like oh we got jerry lynn we got dean malenko we got arn anderson backstage and these young guys just aren't taking their advice which is a valid complaint and I don't know, I feel like Hangman walking out of this completely scot-free when it's, even though Punk obviously blatantly overreacted to everything, um, the fact that Hangman kind of is the guy that started this, man, there's an issue. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's going to be addressed too, Backstage, I suppose yeah. anything else uh, coming out of the uh, the past week backstage? Uh, we touched on the um, Bucks allegedly reaching out to WWE via their friends. So I'm guessing uh, maybe Steen, maybe Generico, but uh, who knows? That's neither confirmed nor denied from either side of the uh, the aisle. I mean, there's probably another guy. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, anything else in the world of wrestling news? We touched on a MCW, New Japan, AEW, or should we uh, get into some TV? Yeah, let's get through the TV. Um, this whole, this whole like AEW backstage debacle, like, yeah, uh, you can find a million opinions on it online. I just think. There, there is no side to take in this thing. Both sides are wrong. Um, Punk shouldn't have acted out. The elite shouldn't have acted out. Um, if the rumor's true that Kenny Omega, like the worst thing he did was try to take Sam Punk's dog out of the locker room because the dog was getting frazzled, and then he takes the dog out of the locker room, walks back into the locker room, and then gets bit by a steel. If that rumor's true, then fuck a steel. 
fire that piece of shit because it sounds like Kenny didn't do anything. Um, but yeah, like both sides are wrong. TK's wrong. Tony Khan's wrong for how he fucking just sat there at that press conference and let Punk say all that. Yeah. Like, Tony Khan could have just fucking stopped Punk. If he was a true fucking leader, he could have stopped it. Yeah, yeah, that's true too. And uh, I think this is the wake-up call he needed to stop being friends and Start being a boss. Yeah, yeah, and that's what it's that's what it's felt like this whole time. Like last year we had that episode on Dark Side of the Ring with um Herb Abrams and the UWF. <sighs> yeah. There's a lot there's a lot of comparisons to be made at the moment. Just saying. Read between the lines. <laughs> Yes. <laughs> hey, Literally. Yeah. Okay, okay, okay. Raw, coming to you from Kansas City, Missouri, uh, sees the Raw and SmackDown Unified Tag Team number one contendership fatal four-way match that sees Alpha Academy versus Los Leferios versus New Day versus Street Profits and in a no contest after 1430. Yeah. Right. A non-title tag team match where Aaliyah and Raquel defeat Dewdrop and Nikki A.S.H. in 3.40. Kevin Owens defeats Austin Fury in 17 minutes, gets three and a half from the Observer. Damian Priest defeats Rey Mysterio in 13 and a half. And your main event that sees a cage match for the U.S. title, Bobby Lashley, the champ, defeats The Miz with Tommaso Ciampa. Uh, ringside by the Miz. Yeah. And all right, Raw, this was, you know, this was a good midway point match and a good main event, but other than that, it just felt like crap. A 15-minute four-way match that ends in a no contest. What the fuck? Yeah. Yeah. Well... You had to bring back the fucking monster among men, didn't you? Um, Personally, like, I thought they brought him back in the best possible way. Like, this is a cool presentation, but you've completely buried your tag division. (laughs) Yes, indeed. Like, Uh, it's such a cool visual to have this ginormous dude beat the shit out of eight guys. Like, so cool. And, like, he he looks in fucking insane shape right now. He's got his bright red fucking Shinsuke Nakamura tribute pants on. I don't know how I feel about those. Um, I mean, Nakamura does like wearing mostly blue for some reason around Survivor Series time. Yeah, yeah. Man, whatever happened to Shinsuke? <laughs> um, anywho. Hey, holidays. Hey? Maybe he's on holiday. He does like to surf in his He uh, loves to surf. Trip. Yeah. Um, Braun's using a power bomb now. That appears to be his new finish, which... He's using the jackknife. 
Yeah, it's a full-on jackknife. That's what I was going to bring up. It's, yeah, and I, I'm all in on it. Obviously, I love that. Um, it's a little bit of Sid's power bomb. It's a lot of bit of Kevin Nash's jackknife. I'm all about it. So, fuck uh, yeah. Uh, the way they're booking him appears to be like they're booking him like ACW Sid. Like, there's just a bunch of guys in the ring and Braun just comes out and beats up everyone and leaves and he never really has official matches. He just comes out, gives some heels their karma and then fucks off. And I love that booking for big guys. I forgot that um, ECW Sid was a thing. Uh, how many... Oh, wait, this isn't a pay-per-view. <laughs> I'm used to pay-per-views every week. Uh, thumbs up, thumbs down, thumbs sideways, thumbs in the middle. Uh, thumbs in the middle. The Braun return was cool. Um, we all saw it coming because it was just reported everywhere, but it's still cool. Yeah, uh, I'm going to agree. Thumbs in the middle for me. Dynamite uh, from Buffalo, New York. Uh, so kicking off the show, Tony announces there'll be a trios match. The match announced on the pay-per-view death triangle versus best friends is now for the vacated trios match and then later on in the uh, night we will see the first of the grand slam uh grand slam of champions tournament match uh to determine the new champion uh new world champion at grand slam uh so we kick things off here for the vacated trios titles Death Triangle, Pack, Pentau, Zero Murder, and Ray Phoenix with Alex Abrahante's ringside defeat Best Friends, Chuck Taylor, and Trent Loretta, and Orange Cassidy with Dan Housen in their corner. Uh, goes 13 minutes, uh, gets four and a quarter from the Observer. Following that, we saw Tony Storm having an Eliminator match for her AW interim women's world title against Penelope Ford. Wins in 550 and was ringside in his, uh, his box again. Wardlow puts the TNT title on the line against Tony Nice. Wins in a minute 24. Uh, the first Grand Slam Tournament of Champions opening round match saw Hangman Adam Page versus Brian Danielson. Goes 23 minutes, gets Four and a half from the Observer, and Brian Danielson wins. And your main event is Willa Yuta, the Ring of Honor Pure Champion, defending his title against Buffalo's own Daniel Garcia. Goes 16 minutes, gets four and a quarter from the Observer, and Daniel Garcia is your new Ring of Honor Pure Champion. I like it. The um, the stuff. Go on. Oh, I think they put the wrong match on in the main event. I don't care if it was Daniel Garcia's hometown. They're, they're undercard guys at the moment. I Very, just don't think... Guys for your undercard brand. Yeah, and putting these guys like in the main event over Danielson and Hangman? What the fuck? Yeah, real weird. And then fucking Tony Khan says this is the this was the greatest episode of Dynamite ever. Did he? <laughs> yeah. I mean on Twitter. 
I mean, there's three good matches on here. That Tony match was all right. It's it's against Penelope Ford and it goes five minutes. It's what you expect of a Penelope Ford five-minute match. And the Wardlow match against Tony Nice is a squash for Wardlow to just come out and say, this is Wardlow's yard. Basically. I, I, I didn't mind that one. But you know me, I fucking love big jacked up dudes that squash people. That's my favorite thing in wrestling. I would rather have a two-hour show full of one-minute squashes than a two-hour show full of, like, two one-hour matches. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, man. Um, yeah, I'm going to say thumbs up, Dynamite. It it felt like a pretty good show. Um, yeah. It's by no means the best Dynamite ever. Did you make time? Go on. What is the best Dynamite ever? Off the top of your head. The first one that always comes to mind is that um, Mr. Brody Lee celebration of life, but that's for a lot of different reasons than just best Dynamite ever. Uh, same reasons Winter is Coming with Sting debuting. A lot of them that come to mind are those, those special uh, episode Dynamites. And yeah, if, if he's technically saying this is the greatest episode of Dynamite that didn't have one of those brand names, yeah, it probably is. It might be. It might be because he only ever, like, deliberately does fucking insane shows when they chuck a little tagline on it. Um, but yeah, I, for me, I think Winter is Coming also had, like, Omega beating Moxley for the belt yes. as well. So, like, that and Sting's debut, and then, like, that whole Omega thing where he fucks off and says, I'll see you on Impact. Like, as much as that, like, has aged poorly, at the time, that was exciting as hell. So love- that's that's my favourite Impact. Uh, Dynamite. I love that Sting comes in and it's like, Cody, I think it might be Cody, Arn, and Darby in the ring. Yeah. He walks around, he sees Cody sitting there. He sort of squares off against Arn, who's staring in the ring. And he walks over to the corner where Darby is and offers his hand to Darby and helps him up. It's like, when you go back and you watch that segment now and you realise that Sting and Darby are sort of this tag team in AEW of just these outcasts, sort of loner characters that just sort of found themselves through the generation. Like, oh my god, that is such great storytelling. Um, did you make yeah. time? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what was that, sorry? Did you make time for Impact? Uh, oh, fuck. I keep meaning to, but no. No, I haven't. Is okay. Tell me what's happening on Impact, because I, I need to catch up. We saw Aussie Open, Fletcher and Davis defeat Bullet Club, Ace Austin, Chris Bay, uh, Mickey James defeat Rochelle Rose, Yuya Yuramura defeats Kenny K-I-N-G King, uh, Chelsea Green and uh, with Diana Perazzo defeated Ty Valkyrie, who had Jessica and Rosemary in her corner. Uh, Brian Myers, the digital media champion, defeated 
Bahinda Jahir via DQ in five minutes, and your main event match was Eddie Edwards defeating Heath. I mean, it's an all right impact. That's what impact is most weeks. It's not terrible anymore, but it's not great anymore. It's just sort of your your mid-range, this is good North American wrestling. Yeah, Uh, yeah. If you have time, go out of your way to check out Aussie Open versus uh, North American Bullet Club there. Yeah, that sounds good. Uh, I didn't realise Aussie Open have jumped over there as well. So that's awesome. Yeah, it seems New Japan Strong still has a working relationship with um, Impact at the moment. So it'll yeah. be interesting to see how that goes. And so New Japan is like, and this is the um, Japanese companies to a large degree, are very strong in uh, trying to keep their working agreements once they have them set in place. They don't like to uh, break them that often. Uh, yeah. They put yep. some back of down, Michael. We we fight on Friday nights, Michael. Yes. Uh, so we see a six-man tag. Hey, WWE, you sure you don't want to introduce trios titles? <laughs> With the Imperium uh, defeating the brawling brutes, I mean, you could have had uh, Pinch Sheamus here to set up a rematch for the IC title, but that's not there. Uh, we see a non-tag team title match of Aaliyah and Raquel defeat Toxic Attraction. Gigi Jolin and JC Jane. Jesus H. Christ. We'll get there. A SmackDown Women's Number One Contendership Fatal Five-Way match that sees Ronda Rousey Eliminate Natalia. Sonia Deville eliminates Zyla Lee. Uh, Ronda Rousey eliminates Lacey Evans. And Ronda Rousey eliminates Sonia Deville. Uh, this match goes a total of 4 minutes 34 seconds. Uh, oh, man. It wrote Ashante Donaldson, Top Dollar, and the Street Profit team together in an eight man tag team match to defeat Los Leferios and Maximum Male Models. Mace and Mansoor. With no, <laughs> that's not their name. What is it? It's Marseille and Mansoir. Marseille and Mansoir with Max Dupree and Max C- Dupree. <laughs> Dupree. <laughs> oh, goodness. It, it's just fun comedy. Drew McIntyre defeats, oh, sorry, versus Solo Sakaa with the Bloodline. Both Usos and Sami Zayn in Solo's corner to a no contest after 10.35. Yeah, solid debut. Um, I'm joking there, but honestly, it was a good performance for Solo's debut, but they could have dragged a pay-per-view out of that. Like, they could have had Solo debut one-on-one against Drew on pay-per-view. Yeah. Uh, And your reported dark match thought the Usos Jimmy and Jay with Sami Zayn ringside defeat the Street Profits Dawkins and Ford. I mean did you catch the line about uh, Michael Cole saying uh, Ronda Rousey's suspension? I didn't. What did he say? Uh, saying to the lines of Ronda Rousey has been suspended and there'll be an internal investigation something. Mm. Pretty much taking a shot at AEW. Yeah, fair enough. Why not? I mean, yeah. <laughs> um, Take your shots while you can. These titles, this 
tournament, I thought, you know what? We're going to put some prestige back on these titles. We're going to put on a Leah and Raquel, have two non-title matches where they win in under five minutes, thus eliminating two potential challenges. I think <laughs> what they were doing, I Go think on. what they were doing with Toxic Attraction was Toxic Attraction were meant to be in that tournament, and they got pulled out of it because of quote-unquote injuries. Yep. So I think what they were doing was just quickly tying up a loose end. Yes, but you can't put the titles on the line for one or at least um, have them win the non-title match to build up to a title match and then have... I mean, they're not even on that brand. So they can't do like a non-title... Like, have them win a non-title match. Yeah, but I'd argue Dewdrop and Nikki Cross weren't on NXT, but they got an NXT women's tag team title match out of nowhere for Worlds Collide. Yeah, that's because the main roster people can can do whatever they want, um, I guess. I guess the logic is, like, if they're on the main roster, they have the right to go down and challenge, but... If you're on the NXT roster, you can't just come up. I'm trying to come up with bullshit excuses for them. Fuck it, it's unacceptable. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it was a fine episode of SmackDown. Like you said, my lone nitpick was having Solo debut on SmackDown. It's like, just, just have him cut a promo this week saying that he'll challenge Drew at Extreme Rules or something, or Drew call him out for Extreme Rules, you know? Or if you are going to have him debut, like, have him debut against someone that you're going to let him beat. And then build to the Drew match. Which they're probably going to build to a Drew rematch. So it would have been nice if he had a couple of wins under his belt. Yeah, also true. Uh, for me, thumbs back down. This, this episode, whilst it felt good, it just didn't sort of lead up where I was expecting it to go like a underwhelming tag team match a um a quick another quick five way match on SmackDown like they had a quick four way tag team match the week before <laughs> the the um the week before when the titles got decided a few weeks ago yeah and then a main event no uh main event ending in a DQ yeah yeah, there was a, another segment in there with Braun destroying the Alpha Academy, who are a raw tag team, by the way, but they obviously don't care about brands anymore. No, you might as well just get get to the point where you unify both world titles, both women's titles, both sets of tag titles. Just leave your IC and your US title as, like, um basically TV titles for Raw and SmackDown, and then just champs can go wherever, we'll just go from there. Yep. Last show to talk about, it's a bit of a quicker wrap this week, uh, as Alex has a, a hard out this week. Kicking <laughs> 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 so, off the show, not main eventing. Uh, it is a bit of a trend on Rampage, it seems, as we're going to build something up that seems like the main event on Rampage, but it'll open Rampage instead. It's... Rampage, um. It's the Saturday night's main event um, philosophy. If you're starting a show late, which they do with Rampage, 
You put yeah. the thing everyone wants to see first before bedtime. And just but, hope you retain the rest of the audience through the hour. Yeah, and they've sort of done this throughout the history of Rampage. Like, I remember the first episode of Rampage, The pretty sure the very first match was Christian Cage beating Kenny Omega for the Impact title. What a weird fucking thing to say now in hindsight. But, yeah, yeah um... So that was the first match on Rampage, and that's what they used to do on Saturday night's main event in the 80s and early 90s. It was like, you get the Hulk Hogan match to kick off the show, and at the end of the show, you might get a Coco Beware match. (laughs) If you're lucky to stick around, you'll see Coco Beware. No one wants to see Coco. They all want to see Frankie. Yeah, of course. Oh, man. Okay, so... Kicking off the show was the Grand Slam of Tournaments Championship first round match that saw Sammy Guevara with Tay Mallow defeat Darby Allen in 11.06. Uh, so Danielson won his match on Dynamite, so he'll face Jericho this week on Dynamite, as we're recording. And Sammy Guevara will face Mox. I think that match is also on Dynamite this week. Yeah. Yeah, and then the winner of those two matches face off at... Um, Grand Slam. So, who do you think's winning, and who do you think's, I guess, who do you think's winning and going on to uh, Grand Slam? I think it's going to be Jericho Danielson. I could say it being Moxley Danielson, maybe. No, no, the first match is Jericho versus Danielson on Dynamite this week. So, who do you think wins that? Oh, shit. Okay. That one's tough for me. Like, because Jericho beat Danielson on pay-per-view, could it be, like, Jericho continues his momentum or do they quickly just give Danielson his win back? And then, yeah, there's options there. Um, I think... I'm real torn on this. I... Honestly, I can't pick a winner for this one. Um, there's a good argument for both. The other match, I feel, is incredibly predictable. I but, think... Go on. But there's a story to be told with, like, Moxley and Jericho in the final, and there's a story to be told with Moxley and Danielson in the final. It's just, which story do you want to tell? Do you want to do babyface, babyface? Do you want to do babyface heel? Um, There's also the argument of if you put Mox and Danielson in there, it causes tension in the Blackpool Combat Club. All right, so I will pick who I want to win. So okay. instead of trying to pick who I think will win, because I can't, uh, I want Danielson to win. Okay. I agree with you there. I'm thinking Danielson wins that side of the bracket. Um, yeah. And Sammy Guevara. All right. Who I think will win? Uh, Moxley. Who I want to win? Shoot me. But Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Who I think will win? Sammy. I think they're going to do Danielson, Sammy, and Danielson wins the Grand Slam. That way you have another baby-faced champ, as Punk was just uh, supposed to be, 
coming out of um, All Out. You have a babyface champ coming out of Grand Slam for MJF to go, oh, I've got this poker chip, huh? Huh? Yeah. The thing is, they've kind of already planted the seeds for Moxley versus MJF. With That's that. With that promo on Dynamite. So I think Moxley's probably winning this whole tournament, which I think is a mistake. I think they should put it on Danielson. Yeah. Um, uh, I suppose we didn't touch on the promos. MJF came out, starred Dynamite, cut a big babyface promo. Mox comes out and says, I don't see through this. You're just acting like this. What do you mean? I... Love these fat lard asses from Buffalo. <laughs> <laughs> Something man. like that. And then man. Buffalo Bill's uh, jersey, wipes his ass with it, rips off his dress shirt and just bails. Man, oh, how much did we miss MJF promos? My God. Um, so my theory is that maybe they don't want to put the belt on Danielson yet because... And they want to put it on Moxley because they're obviously going to put the belt on MJF and they might not want Danielson's first run to be a short run. Yeah. But the fact, the fact yep. that Moxley's already had two runs, it doesn't matter if this reign ends short. Yeah, but then you also have the, the fact that Mox's last run was, what, a week? And the they're having two short Reigns of Mox, and he sort of starts to look like a professional champion. Yeah, but the thing is, like, full gears normally in November. When's Grand Slam? Two weeks' time. Yeah. Um, it'll still be like a two month title reign. He'll still get a couple of months, and you got to remember his very first title reign was like almost a year. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, from there, going through the rest of the matches on Rampage, we see Serena Deeb defeat Madison Rain. This was great because it was Serena Deeb doing yeah. four minutes. Uh, Madison Rain is not Madison Rain. <laughs> uh, main event, Ring of Honor World Title match sees Claudio Castanoli with William Regal, the cha- the defending champion, does defeat Jax Harwood in 20 minutes. Um, hell of a main event. Yeah, that match. My God. You just knew it was going to be good, and this solidifies Dax Harwood's contention for Wrestler of the Year for me. Yeah. Uh, closing... Rampage, thumbs up, thumbs down. Uh, thumbs up. I thought uh, both the opener and the closer were fantastic matches. Um, yeah, yeah. It, it would have been nice to put Darby over in this match with Sammy and then put Jericho over against Danielson. <laughs> and then, And then maybe you do... Derby Moxley final just for something different <laughs> something completely different but um, 
yeah, I, I thought this episode of Rampage, big thumbs up from me. Um, Madison Rain, oh, it's a bit of a bust, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, I mean, no, I mean, I was going to say, would she be good to have a program with Jade? And then I'm just like, no, we saw that. and It was terrible. Yeah, no, it's not good. Um, it's not good at all. If anything, like, I wouldn't hate it if she, like, had some on-air, like, students to mentor. Yeah. Theoretically, if they did, like, a modern version, an AEW version of the beautiful people mentored by Madison Rain, that'd be cool. Hey, ring up Mandy Leon and uh, Angelina Love. See what the allure's doing now, Ring of Honor closed down. Like, I would bring in the Mandy Leon, for sure. Angelina Love can stay where she is. Cause... NWA? I think she's there, yeah. That's right, they're setting up a feud with her and Velvet Sky. <laughs> uh, uh, I suppose, TV champ of the week, uh, do you have one? Oh, man. Um, oh, You go first. I'm just going to say Mox because of that um, promo. He, uh, yeah, the, that was great. Saying, wrestling, you know, this company, we're not like, said something to the degree of wrestling is taking the dark, dirty part of wrestling and leaving it to die with the past generations. <laughs> yeah. Um, my TV champ of the week is. Uh, fuck it. I'll go... I'll go... Fuck. Um, I'll go... Dax Harwood. Fuck. Okay. Dax Harwood. Yes. Yes, indeed. Uh, good choice, sir. Good choice. <laughs> yeah, that was tough. That could have gone anyone. I, yeah. I almost said Braun. I almost said Braun. Braun! <laughs> Braun! Now, uh, do you have any little, uh, I guess, teasers for what's coming up in episode 200? Uh, I would if I could remember a great portion of what we talked about. <laughs> um, uh, I was talking to this, uh, talking about this with Chris off air before we started recording here, and yeah, like I'm what 32 now, and I don't drink that often anymore. And when I do drink, it takes like four beers, can't remember a thing. And I had six beers when we recorded that episode, so. <laughs> Don't worry, uh, I've brought. You haven't said anything cancelable or that, so. Oh, uh, that's okay. Uh, if, if I haven't been cancelled yet because of some of the shit I've said on the Smack It Down podcast, I'll be right with here. Um, this is like this podcast. I think is sort of WCW, and Smack It Down is like the ECW alternative where you go, 
fuck you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude, there's been times, and I'm happy to pull the curtain back, where, like, it gets so animated in Smack a Down podcast where, like, there's legit, like, annoyance at each other <laughs> afterwards when we have, like, disagreements and stuff. You and I, like might have contrary opinions, but there's never, like, disagreements. But, like, on Smack It Down, it can get a bit rude. Uh, we can say things that that I probably wouldn't feel comfortable saying on this podcast because, yeah, I, I prefer this to be a little bit more family-friendly in a sense. Um, I swear. <laughs> Yeah, we swear, but we don't say anything too crude. But yeah, all that crude shit, it gets said on Smack a Down podcast. And um, yeah, hoping to record another episode this week at some point. We recorded, <laughs> we recorded one two weeks ago, and it still hasn't been put up. And it's gonna, and he's gonna drop it, and it's gonna be like, oh, here's our predictions for All Out. <laughs> oh, and there's probably in there like us like oh so yeah they got a whole storyline they could do with the late CM Punk's future looks bright <laughs> man <laughs> man they brought a steel into the company oh, sure, surely he's not going to ruffle any feathers <laughs> yeah it'll be interesting if, uh, to see how how that one ages there's, there's a few that we've done like that and then something breaks or something happens during the pay-per-view where just like Fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, 200th episode, there was talk of um, how we got into wrestling, our wrestling memorabilia collections. Uh, <laughs> There's, like, 20 minutes of me just... Ra- 20 minutes of me just rating random wrestling programs I have. <laughs> yeah, just, just shooting the shit while we had a few beers because we don't normally do that sort of stuff. Although, I could let the humans in on a little secret. Oh, okay. I did do something special for the opening and the closing. Well, fucking thanks for keeping me in the loop, mate. Oh, it's going to be a surprise for you. Yeah, no. I, now I need need to take back what I said. Release the 200th episode now, even before the 199th. I want to hear it. Fuck. Hurry up! Ah, <laughs> uh, you'll like it. Uh, exciting, yeah. Is, is it a compil? Is it what I suggested of a compilation of you fucking up people's names? <laughs> I mean, I do that on a weekly basis. Didn't you hear me? And he has the name of the Japanese Australasian. Uh, I swear to God, you called it Asahi at one point. Um, He's super dry. Coming to a show in Sydney. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck. Look, I did the beer order uh, Monday and we stocked Asahi at work and that's just where my brain went. It's a different, like one <laughs> different letter at the end and that's just where my brain went. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, fair enough. That's, yeah, I'm really happy with what I've done. It's going to be a surprise for Alex. I hope he enjoys it but hopefully <laughs> you humans enjoy it. So where can they catch the uh, the Smack It Down podcast and your uh, 
fallout predictions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'll find out who we think is going to come out of all out with the most momentum. Find out how we predict that Samoa Joe's going to win the fucking casino ladder match. Fuck. In, <laughs> uh, those guys are really good. Go go check out SmackDown. Yeah, yeah. At Sid underscore pod. Um, search up SmackDown podcast wherever you find podcasts. Uh, it's a bit like this show, except a bit ruder. Um, there was legit an episode where we had to just shut things off because one of our co-hosts was trying to teach children how to do drugs. <laughs> uh, and I'm not over-fucking-stating anything there. I'm pretty sure, Chris, you heard that episode. That's exactly what happened. Um, I can neither confirm nor deny that upon any investigation by the police. Yeah, that's one of, one of the most ridiculous things I've ever been a part of. Um, anyway, you can find us at Sid underscore pod, search up SmackDown podcast. You can find me at Fruity's Alex, Instagram and Twitter. Maybe I'll tweet one day. Um, you can find us at WrestleOzStyle with an AUS on Instagram, Twitter. Search us up on Facebook, WrestlingOzStyle. Leave a comment, leave a like, all that sort of shit. Get some crowd engagement with this happening. I want to make some new friends. I forgot how to socialize after working from home for three years. So help me become a social human again. And you well, can I find... Can, uh, <laughs> just hey? Alex in his home office, just being like uh, Robin Williams in Jumanji, like, what year is it? <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, legit, though. Legit. Like, I go out for bowling. Like, on Thursday nights, I go out for bowling with friends, so it's cool. But on Tuesday nights, I'm kind of, like, just around strangers. And on Tuesday nights, I'm just, like, a shy little fucking pumpkin that has no idea how to interact with humans at all. And I used to be such a social butterfly, I just forgot how to do it now. Anyway, you can find Chris at... at I'm Chris Funder on Twitter. Come look at me retweet random comments from wrestlers or you can come watch me game on twitch once it's fixed but i'll be back for my birthday 26th of september twitch.tv slash chris funder you can go back listen to the wrestling all-star archive for free on soundcloud google podcast podbean spotify stitcher tune in or using the rss feed found the show notes below for your podcast truck clicking up so nothing left to say but good day and we'll speak to you next time
Oh, fuck my internet, man. <laughs> I, I had to record this last part, just this last tiny fucking 30 seconds of this podcast on my phone. My internet couldn't hang on for 30 more fucking seconds. Well, fuck my internet provider. Fuck being Australian and having internet. Fuck. It seems you jinxed yourself at the start of the show where you said, I don't want to uh, hit it to sleeps and be out at 199. <laughs> Fucking hell. Oh, it was an edge straight to first slip. Fuck. 